Hello and welcome to the Super Turd Podcast with your host, Michael Turbot, your local real estate expert. We will talk real estate, sports, business, and beer in the triangle. And now, here's your host, Michael Turbot. And welcome to the Super Turb Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Turby, your local real estate expert with the Ida Turbot Group, Cole Baker, HPW. And welcome back to the Super Turb Podcast. This is where we talk real estate, business, sports, and beer in the triangle. And today I thought would be a great day. It doesn't seem like it, but guys, it's mid-November and we are in the fourth quarter of this year. It's hard to believe. And it wasn't. It doesn't seem like too long ago we were doing the mid-year review of the triangle market. And man, have things changed. I have a special guest with me, Matt Little. Say what up. Hello, my friends. It's Matt Little, buyer's agent with the team. We're happy to be here. I'll yeah, Matt, we're honored to have Matt here on the Ida Turbot Group. Uh, he is one of our best agents in the area, and I thought it would be good for us to spitball together just what we're seeing. I want to hear what you're seeing on the market. Uh, on the buyer side, we'll talk seller side, we'll talk rates, we'll talk what we think maybe it's going to be coming down the chute in 2023, and I think we're going to have a great conversation. I think so, too. Are you ready? So we're going to take a quick little break, and we're going to be back on the other side with Matt Little and our market update. See you in a second. And welcome back to the Super Turb Podcast. And I'm your host, Michael Turbot, your local real estate expert with the Ida Turbot Group, Coldwell Banger HPW, a.k.a. Super Turb, a.k.a. Coach Turb. And it's hard to believe we're at episode 59 of the Super Turb Podcast, where we talk real estate, business, sports, and beer in the triangle. But I've got Matt Little here with the Ida Turbot Group in studio and on virtual land here on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Say what's up, Matt. Hey, everybody out there. It's happy to be here talking turkey. You know, Coach and I, we sit down almost daily talking about stats, the market, and the rest. It's nice be able to share it with you for the holidays yeah so something i did you know halfway through is i do a half every quarter i try to do a market update just on what's going on because we're getting a lot of questions the first thing i want to address guys the elephant is in the room that's what i tell all the buyers that we're sitting down with elephants in the room let's address the elephant in the room there's they say interest rates have gone up probably since the last time we did our mid mid uh, year review Probably rates at that time were probably in the fours. Now we're, we've gone into the high sevens. I think just recently we're in the six. They're a little bit all over the place. But yeah. what it's done is kind of push some buyers onto the sideline. Um, at the same time, people are still buying. People are still selling. I think it's just the education's key. So, Matt, tell everybody out there what you're seeing and maybe th- some of the things that you're hearing from the buyer side. So what I see, it's more shifting to savvy buyers. So the optics of what you're seeing, you know, on the news and the market is doom and gloom. The rates are too high. You know, there's a bubble and it's pushing a lot of these buyers out of the market. Now, I would say what I'm seeing is a lot of my buyers who could not purchase in 2020, 2021, even 2022 in the beginning, they're coming off the sidelines and they're saying, okay, even if this mortgage, which is artificially higher than what it would be normally, the same as if it was lower in 2020 and 2021, they're saying if I can purchase a house and qualify for it and actually be able to get a deal on it, quote unquote, um, and be able to secure it, it's a win-win. You can refinance in a year or two from now as the conversations they're even having with me, and I don't have to bring it up, which I think is beautiful. But I'm seeing it's more 
geared towards smarter buyers. Everybody's sitting on the sidelines besides the people who have already been waiting to get into a home. And we can't preach enough. Now, we don't want to tell everybody because we want our clients to get those deals. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're thinking about buying, whether you're an investor where you're cash and you're able to buy these homes and you can compete in a better market, or you're a buyer where you say, okay, the finances make sense. How about we start earning some equity uh, and some wealth in real estate? For me, I think it's a very, very good time to buy, despite what you hear on the news. Yeah, I think so much of it is, you know, we've had such low interest rates, really for half a decade. Uh, Going back, I remember in 2016, you know, coming out of the recession, the Great Recession, as we like Mm -hmm. to call it. uh, I remember that's when rates got down to 4%. And since that time, they hovered there, even down to threes. And then we saw during COVID, even in the high to mid twos. And I think as buyers, we got just so accustomed to those low rates, we became numb to it, where in reality, it's probably not the most healthy market to be in. Yes, money's almost like free money. You can afford more. Of course, it's going to dictate purchase price, where that's what also stimulated the, or what really accelerated the market, where in January of 2020, our average sales price was Mm -hmm. $360,000. It's now fast forward to our stats, which guys, when we're looking at stats, it's through the Triangle MLS, and we get everything 30 days in arrear. So the stats we're referencing is from September. Probably another 7 to 10 days, we'll get stats from October. So it gives us a snapshot of what's going on in the market. Well, as of September of 2022, our average sales price in Wake County, where Raleigh is, is $536,000. So it's up from 360000 just, what, 30 months prior, exactly. give or take. Mm-hmm. So the amount of uh, equity that we've gained, but part of that is we were undervalued as a market as far as purchase price. We have over 80 people moving here a day, and the low interest rates help buyers, you know, help buying power. Exactly. As rates went from three, three and a half, up to seven, seven and a half, almost close to eight, it really affected the purchase price and what buyers can buy. Mm-hmm. Therefore, pushing them onto the sideline saying, well, you know what, we're going to wait till the rates come back down. Well, there's a catch-22 there. In the you know last year, springtime, so many buyers, I'm sure you heard it, Matt, was saying, mm-hmm. we're going to wait for the market to crash. Well, first of all, I hate that word. <laughs> we're in the current market. And in the current market, one, we're not 2008. The market's not going to crash. We still don't have very much inventory at all. At all. But those same buyers that couldn't compete in that market where all the cash was out there, high due diligence, very little liquid to put down to compete with them, this is your time. Now, understanding that the rate is just temporary. And then for the next 12 months, I assure you that you can be able to refi. The key is getting you with our preferred lender, us having a game plan, and getting you in a price point that you're comfortable with in regards to the purchase price and monthly payment. Exactly. Are you seeing that as well? I'm seeing it heavily. I mean, it has always been important to have a good mortgage lender behind you who can give you, you know, the black and white of, okay, what's affordable for your family? If somebody told me I have a $400,000 house, it means nothing unless you break it down into a monthly payment. Most families out there have set incomes, they work off their budget, and it's less the purchase price, more what it is per month. Now, what I've been telling people recently is, too, you know, a lot of homes, I mean, I'm looking at the stats where homes are selling 97% of their list price versus 105 this time last year. Yeah. It, it, the rate of what you get is important for now before you refi for your monthly payment. But if you can get a house 
20, 30 grand less than what you could have six months ago. When you're talking longevity, most families stay in a house. And you've seen this more than me, what, mm-hmm. five to seven years? Well, it goes in stat. You know, usually the, yeah. if you're a first-time buyer, statistically, you're going to be in that three to five years. Yeah. Second home, five to seven, maybe ten, third home. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of like not necessarily your for, I could say your forever home, dream home. Mm-hmm. You stay there till the kids leave or, you know, head off to college. Then your fourth home is your downsizer. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, your overall mm-hmm. payout. Yes. That's more. But what's interesting is I used to tell sellers when I'd go on listing appointments, you know, four, six, seven years ago, seems like time flies, is that I'd always tell them because he, from 2014 to 2020 here in Wake County versus the Triangle MLS, uh, our average appreciation was only 6% a year. Mm-hmm. So it was nothing major. It was just a nice, slow, steady income or steady increase. Then, of course, COVID happened, and we've never experienced the kind of appreciation that we saw. And But I, what I want to do is when I would meet with sellers, you know, 2015, 2014, 67, you, you name it, I would say you need to be in a home typically three to five years to see a return on your investment. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you're factoring in the appreciation of a say five, six, seven percent, then you got to factor in fees, taxes if you were going to go sell. So that's really the time frame you were looking at. Well, when COVID hit, you threw that all out the window and you would have appreciation. So for example, even if people have thought our market has shifted, it's adjusted, whatever you'd like to call it, our average appreciation just from last year is almost 15%. It's still up. Still That's 15%. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you factor in, you know, really from 2020 to 2021, we were in the 25 to 35% range, 21 to 22. So we're in that avenue. So, like, for example, yesterday we just closed on a property, sold it for $500,000. Yeah. Our clients three years prior bought it for $302,000. Mm. So when I'm sitting down with sellers now because they're like, oh, my gosh, we're losing value. Our home prices are going down. I th- I tell them, no, first of all, we're, cor- we're it's just correcting. We can't go at these, the pace and speed that we've been going on as far as the increased purchase prices, correct? That's so, correct. Yes. So what I like to do is show sellers what they've put down and their return on investment of what we're about to sell their home for. Not necessarily even what they've paid for, because I think a lot of times people look at home value, like home is a way to build wealth. And so that's what I try to talk to with every first-time buyer. Really doesn't matter any time buyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm a big advocate. I'm in, I'm in the coaching uh, group called the Core Coaching, uh, which is, uh, or the Core Training, which has really helped my business. And one thing that I do is talk to my clients is about the wealth accumulator, which we'll go into mm-hmm. on a separate podcast. Of course. We but will. it really yeah. shows them what they're doing by having home ownership and building wealth over time by having home ownership. So just being able to show them what they've made on their return on investment. It doesn't matter what Bob sold their home six, eight months ago. It's what we could sell for now and still how well you're coming out on top. And I think it's perspective, right? You've given me stories of 09, 010, where it was a different conversation with sellers. Now, I'm predominantly, I work both sides, but I predominantly focus on sellers. So it's good to get your perspective on this. Or excuse me, with buyers. So getting your perspective on a seller standpoint is important to me as well. Mm -hmm. It's to say you're still making money. It's how much. You're not upside down. You're not looking at it. It's a different type of math problem. When I sit down with sellers now, it's it's because they have to sell. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the reason why I say that is many – I think um, another great agent of mine, I call him Big Al, Al, Alex Lawrence. Um, You know, he's a great agent, and he went down to 30 under 30 – he was nominated, went down to Florida, and, and they were going over stats. And right now they're saying over 70% of people in the country have rates of threes and under currently on their mortgages. Yeah. So to sell that and go buy something 
you know, where the rates could be double that, You're there's dead. a reason you have to sell. Yeah. Um, and so when I first sit down and it's with our with our clients, and first thing I always ask is, why are we selling? Mm-hmm. What are we doing? And because we want to make sure we're on the same page in regards to creating the right expectations, how we're going to price the home, how we're going to market the home, because where we are now is you don't want to be chasing the market. And this market is very fluid, and that's why I always like to say we're in the current market. I kind of like using an analogy. You know, you, I don't like to swim in the ocean. I like to mm. see what's swimming near me. <laughs> but if I had to say I was in the ocean and you're yeah. just kind of going with the current, that's kind of what we're doing right now. Uh, every day it seems like it's been different, and what we have to do is just take it day by day. Fannie Mae um, has come out and said by springtime our rates will be back in the mid-fives. Mm-hmm. Are they going to be there? You know, we'll see. You Knock know, they originally said mid fours. They've kind of moved the goalposts a little mm-hmm. bit. Now saying mid five. So now the question is: Is, is it really going to be uh, that number? I know rates are going to come down, but how much or when? Or we just don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's the idea of getting into that property. So to, as far as selling side, it's creating the right expectation. Why are we selling? Because you want to be ahead of the market. You don't want to be chasing the market. And there's certain things that we do to help them put themselves in position to win. But then also really showing them. That, uh, the rate of re- the return on their investment of, exactly. what, of what they're doing there. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as buyers are going, what are some things that you're helping them with, with, say, our preferred lender with different programs to help them maybe with the higher interest rate? Now, a couple different things buyers are doing right now because you're having to think outside of the box, right, to get the lowest payment that you can and qualify for as much as you need, right? You don't want to be under or overqualified. You want to hit it right where you need to be. A lot of people are doing what's called 2-1 buy-downs, and we have great lenders who are uh, very versed in this that can go into it further. But what you do is you prepay, and you can negotiate with the seller to pay for this because buyers now have the leverage to do so when you go under contract to buy down your rate temporarily, long enough for you to go in two years down the line, a year and a half down the line, to refinance when those rates get to the point where you're comfortable again. To where, let's say, if you started at six and a half percent, you could buy it down one, two percentage points for a certain amount of time. I would also implore you, anybody out there who has a state employees account or a credit union where you can look at, and if anybody out there has heard of this, this is a very, very good thing to use, um, is five-year arms. There's a certain amount of time where they say it's a variable rate, but it is lower than normal and gives you time and buys your way into the refinance market. So you can do that as, as with the 100% financing. I mean, it's exactly a very correct. great loan program. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, you know, six months ago, a year ago, you didn't, they wasn't couldn't compa- compete. It wasn't compete. Now they're there. And mm-hmm. So Matt brings up a great uh, uh, program, 2-1 Buy Down. We're really educating our buyers on this. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing is to um, understand that what you're doing is the sellers are paying essentially closing costs to buy that rate down. That number is dictated on the loan amount of the home they're buying. So as obviously a higher loan amount, it's going to be a little bit more. I know, for example, uh, Michael Martin with Fairway Mortgage, our, one of my great preferred lenders, was giving us an example. I want to say like at a $450,000 purchase price, 10% down, the buy the 2-1 buy-down cost was around $8,500, mm-hmm. give or take. I don't want to be exact, but it gives you an idea. So if you go and find that property... And instead of getting eighty five hundred or say ten thousand off the price, what you're going to do then is finance that into the home. Seller pays for it. Sellers have to pay the buy down, and then 
that rate, as Matt was saying, will let's say if it's at seven percent, that first year you would be at five, second year would be at six, and then the third year, if you have not refinanced by then, would cap at the current rate in which you originally locked. I think that's the key: is that you have to qualify at the rate that's currently there. You can't just yes. qualify for five; you got to qualify for the rate at which is current time. Mm-hmm. So that's something we're seeing a lot of. Also, guys, you know. The last couple of years, I know I keep saying that, but that's all we've been really going. We've been going about 200 miles an hour. We've looked at days on market as like dog years. We like have. if there was a home on the market of five days, that felt like 35 oh. days for us, right? So now it's taking a step back. We have buyers waiting, maybe costly looking, saying, okay, I'm ready to do this. Is The idea is to find those homes that have been on the market, say, 14, 21-day window. Um, chances are they've probably already adjusted their price. It's not necessarily that it's overpriced because they're going on numbers that are the closest to them. I know when we look at comps, we only look at 30 days back pending um, because we don't want to look too far back because those numbers are essentially irrelevant to us right now. But it's finding those homes to where then, as Matt was saying, is we can negotiate um, You know whether that's off the price, closing costs. There's a little more leverage there, as well as something that we're seeing in people that are in the state of North Carolina listening to this is you've heard me talk a lot about due diligence money, which due diligence money is something that we give at the time of contract, once you're under contract, and it's non-refundable funds to the seller to decide if you want to buy the home. So that due diligence period is usually 21, 30 days, give or you know depending on what's negotiated, and that's your time as a buyer to decide if you want to buy that home. It's essentially like paying rent. Yep. You know, you can back out for any reason. You perform all your inspections. You do your appraisals. You get loan approval. You can ask the seller for repairs or credit in lieu. The sellers are not required by to do anything, but they also want to get to the finish line. Well, the last couple of years, the due diligence was so outrageous because buyers were doing everything they could to win. I'm talking twenty five, fifty, hundred thousand dollars due diligence. Mm-hmm. Now we're actually getting back to where we wrote an offer today for two thousand dollars. And it's all about where your leverage lies. I mean, now, if you're a buyer in the market, you hold more cards than you did in the last six months. Negotiations, being able to negotiate repairs, purchase price, due diligence amount, hasn't really been in the equation for the last two years. It was anything you could do to get a home. And where that really hurt was people at the bottom end. First-time home buyers have had such a hard time these last two years. We know rates and prices for a mortgage have gone up, but your likelihood of actually getting a home is so much better. I, as an example, I had a very sweet buyer, mid-2020. She had to put in offers on eight homes. And I was doing everything, including putting flowers on the front porch <laughs> with her name on it. <laughs> what's, the cra- what's the craziest thing you've seen mm-hmm. during the multiple offer shenanigans, as I call it? What was the yeah. craziest thing? Now, you, you being more on the buy side, did mm-hmm. your buyer do anything kind of crazy? Like, I know on one particular listing, yeah. I'll never forget, I think we ended up having, oh, man, 26 offers. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we had pound, is it pound cake? Is it yeah. pound, we yeah, had pound yeah, cake yeah. delivered mm-hmm. to our seller. We had flowers. Two sets of flowers, mm. you know, buyers dropping things off. I mean, it was yeah. it was pretty incredible. Well, and I'll tell you what. I always say fate finds a way in real estate, right? I've had situations where off, on, off chance the sellers were at the home when we were there, and they've connected whether it was over hobbies or personal preferences on certain things where they're literally crying in the front yard they've connected so well, and higher offers have come on the table, and they've scooted it away to work with us. Or... It, it, at the end of the day, it's still a human business, 
right? And human nature is to work well with others, especially if you can connect in some sort of way. So I would write a personal letter every single time. We would piece together the seller's lives when we walked through the home. If I saw a beanie baby on the shelf, I would have that that buyer to say, oh, when I was a child. <laughs> yeah. Anything you could do to really get a leg up and be able to win a home, you would do. Now, what's more important is what's a fair price to the seller? Because, yes, you can negotiate, but you want to see what's actually a value to both sides. There's always give and take. Everybody hurts and everybody wins at the same time. If any real estate agent tells you differently, you may want to think about using them. Uh, no, it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. So, real fast, let's go over some stats. Yeah. Um, I know meant to do that at the beginning of the podcast, but you already started talking. Once That's we had so much fun. I, I knew once you were coming <laughs> on that we were going to have a great time in regards yeah. to the conversation. So uh, stats right now, guys, as of the last stats that we received through Triangle MLS for Wake County, uh, the average sales price is up, like I said, almost 15%. We're sitting at $536,503 for the average sales price. We're up from four sixty seven eight seventy two. So again, just 12 months, just under 15% appreciation. Days on market's gone from eight days to 22 days. Now, there's a lot of factors that go into days on market in our area. And one of those that a lot of people don't talk about is that pretty much we don't have coming soons anymore. Not that we can't do coming soon listings, because that, you know, when they started coming soons years ago, it was really designed to say, hey, you know what, we got to put new carpet in, we're going to paint, we're going to do some things to prep our house to sell, and we're going to put that coming soon sign in the yard. Because you know why? My neighbor has mentioned that they have a friend that wants to move here. You know, we want to be able to give them a heads up. As the market shifted in such a significant seller's market, coming soon was a lot different as a marketing strategy where people were putting on all their photos, they were doing videos, essentially having it ready for sale. The only caveat is with the coming soon is you can't physically enter the house. You can only look at photos. The great thing about a coming soon is that when you go on MLS, which if you decided to go coming soon, you have to have an MLS within 24 hours, is that the days do not accumulate on MLS. Now, what I would tell our sellers is on Redfin, Zillow, the third-party sites, they would accumulate. But no one really cared about that. It was the MLS. So you could actually have a coming soon for up to 30 days without mm-hmm. the days affecting or starting to accumulate. So sellers did that, and that's what brought on all these sight unseen offers. Come last May, or this past May, um, I think it was May 17th to be exact, mm-hmm. Uh, the triangle, you know, the MLS said, hey, listen, you can do coming soons now, but once you go coming soons, the days accumulate. And I think they did that because I think not all the agents were on the up and up with the coming soons. They were not, you know, some people were getting it, I, not us personally, but I just think from hearing through the grapevine, as as well as for what people were paying to get a home sight unseen. I mean, I sold two, one home for 100000 over asking, another for eighty over asking, with $50,000, $100,000 due diligence without even physically going into a home. And then those buyers, not us in particular, but from what we've heard, I think the lawsuits start creeping up. Uh-oh. Buyer's remorse. I think we're, back, we're back on. Um, yeah, no, the buy, not so much that, but they would get in and they would say, well, you didn't disclose this. Yep. And then lawsuits from you know started coming. And then um, so I think the MLS just started to simplify and say, you could do this, but the days will accumulate. So what I'm getting at is days are going longer on the market because – now people are actually be able to get into a house mm-hmm. as well as people aren't amping it up. And it usually takes a few days to kind of get into this, the third-party stream, get people seeing the property. But that's only help buyers because buyers actually can walk through homes now. Yes. So mm-hmm. that's a big factor, which leads me to my next stat is our, our inventory, which we're sitting right at 1.7 months inventory of homes. 
where that's up from 0.7. So we've almost had double the listings from we had a year ago. A year ago, we had 1,396 active inventory homes for sale. As of last stats, 2,791. Mm-hmm. So this is huge. Another thing that we've seen is the ability to get new construction again. That has come back. You know, within a year, you know, last year, you know, that's where a lot of times we'd have first-time buyers that couldn't maybe compete with new uh, with the due diligence, high money bet down. Because let's face it, if you're a first-time buyer, guys, you're not supposed to have money. Like there's there's a reason. There's a reason why they have such great loan programs, whether it's 100%, FHA 3.5%, USDA is 100%. There's all these great programs, credit union. Yep. But we're able to now go to a new new home community and get you in a home where maybe you put a $5,000 deposit down. We didn't have that luxury due to the lack of supply as well as material. So that's coming back. We have some opportunities there. And so overall, you know, the market is adjusting back to where we were. This is the first time since January of 2020 that our inventory has hit pre-pandemic levels for inventory. So we're right back to where we were in January of 2020, which at that time we didn't have any listings. Well, now my question is, what is a healthy amount of inventory to have on the market. How many months worth? Have you we want ran this, out? which we haven't seen yeah. this in eons. Mm-hmm. But you want about five to six months supply of homes to be a perfectly buyer and seller market. Mm-hmm. Um, when the Great Recession hit, essentially in 08, 9 to fourteen, everybody just tried to survive. Nine to fourteen, again, we had a nineteen month supply of homes in January of '09. Think about that, and that's unhealthy. And half that's very, very half of those were distressed property, short sales, foreclosures. But during that five, six-year window, there wasn't really much building going on. So when we came, kind of came out of the cave or the hibernation or whatever you want to call it, where buyers started having confidence in the economy, rates got it down to four. We were at that time just under a four-month supply of homes. Mm-hmm. I think we were around like 3.6, 3.8. Again, still a seller's market statistically due to the amount of homes, but they just started gradually going down. Yeah. And then, of course, January, we were right there in regards to uh, – uh, under two months mm-hmm. in 2006 you know, i'm kind of jumping around a lot but at the same time i love sharing all these that's information when i started real estate in 06 and even in 08 like when the financial crisis hit and the great recession hit we weren't really affected that first year in regards to like a bubble mm-hmm. where lots of the country other cities on a macro level they had a bubble 30 40 50 percent appreciation they popped they were all underwater severely yeah we that first year were like oh they just can't sell in nevada michigan florida california to get here reality what hurt us or finally stuck got got to us is at that time we had about 20 more years of growth for wake county if you remember right Mm -hmm. so we had at that time all that was going on was build 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 so like for example i5 like 540 it only went back in the day, went from 40, then went north and ended up on Capitol, Highway 1. Yeah. And that's why Wake Forest exploded. Mm-hmm. Youngsville exploded. So when the, when the financial crisis hit, and the, Wake Forest had the highest inventory in the, trouble, in the triangle because that's where everybody was building. Mm-hmm. So that's what's gotten us. And so now we're not too far now from that 20-year window to where we're running out of space. We are. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, areas, I mean, think about it. Have you helped? We, we've helped buyers go down to Sanford, oh. Broadway, yeah, almost Greensboro, you know. Middlesex, mm-hmm. you know. You People know. are having to go yeah. further out. It's not uncommon. So, you know, as as this continues and we're having the amount of people because, you know, I joined the chamber this past year and it was amazing the jobs, you know, the, you know, the orientation. They had someone come talk about jobs. Mm-hmm. And everybody's coming here. We're Silicon Valley East Coast, essentially. Like, it, you've, we've got Apple. We've got Kodak, Meta, mm-hmm. uh, um, 
I think Nike. I mean, those are the bigger jobs that we hear of. Mm-hmm. So, you know, leading well, look at Chatham Park. I mean, yeah. that's a that's a what a forty five to fifty year building plan. Yeah, no, I mean, it's so that that, that kind of leads me into all right. What's on the horizon? Mm-hmm. Right, we've got now. We just got midterms passed, um, which the market always kind of hangs tight with midterms. I'm not getting political at all, but that's normally what we see. Um, if this was a normal market, meaning just a normal cyclical time of the year, this is where everybody kind of packs up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, holidays are upon us. Hard to believe what Thanksgiving's what two weeks from yesterday it is right it is so we've got that you've got christmas got the holidays got the new year if you're a seller you're starting to think about selling come february march and if you're a buyer same thing most of your leases are through the spring so this is a very normal time for people to just kind of take a step back doesn't mean people aren't buying or selling but not at the rate that we see come february to june yeah so i think when the first quarter hits Obviously, it depends rate dependent, but if everything we've been read, everything we've been told, and rates do get back down in the fives, I think that the barn doors are going to get blown right back open. I agree. People are going to have the confidence to buy, and whether or not they sell their current home or they keep it for an investment, I just think it's going to continue. We'll see. We'll do a first quarter update at that time, yes, and we we'll let everybody know what's going on. But I think the biggest thing here, you're listening to the Super Tour podcast, is understanding that this is... Still a great time to buy. Use the uh, higher interest rate that's gone up as your advantage to get into a home that you may not have been able to get into early this year. Use the ability to negotiate if there's there. We're still selling homes with multiple offers, guys. That's the other thing. Everything comes down to location, style of home. Mm -hmm. So they're still there, and everything comes down to price. The one thing if I could put into here, if you're a seller, there's only two reasons homes don't sell. It's price or updating or a combination of both. Mm-hmm. So that's why if you're thinking about putting your home on the market, make sure you're hiring or interviewing a professional, that this is not only their, it's not their job, it's their business. And I think the advantage of being able to say, I've been through this market or been through ups and downs is huge. Longevity. For many agents, um, they've only known 200 miles an hour. And yeah. so we're now going into the pits right now. We're refueling. We're adjusting the chassis. Is that the right word? Chassis. Chassis, yeah, I, I think, is the right term. And and we're right but the track's still open, mm-hmm. but everyone's just kind of taking a break. We can't get caught for speeding, and so that's where we are. Um, but do you have any final things you want to say? Final thoughts on my end. So on a buyer perspective, spring is not going to be as much of a, as a friend as winter is to you now. So if the numbers make sense, having somebody in the corner, in your corner, who can give you the right advice, unbiased advice, is so important. If you have, obviously, Turb or I would love to help you, but if you have a trusted advisor in real estate, be talking to them. Even if it's a quick hello, you know, talk to your lender, test the waters. If you were thinking about buying the last few years, I would at least be flirting with the idea now. As an unbiased advice to say, as an investment, now is actually a very good time for it. You know, sellers, Turb is fantastic. You just had a video, I think it was yesterday or the day before to say if you're going to be selling in the spring be thinking about what updates you need to be doing whether it's carpet whether it's paint whether it's you know it it's having that plan set in place now to where whether you buy now whether you sell now or whether you wait to the future you're ready and that obviously a trusted advisor can help you with such as ourselves yeah. no so. yeah we're excited to see what uh, 2023 brings even more excited to wrap up 2022 strong mm-hmm 
If you have any questions, please reach out to us, Matt. Man, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Happy. Usually when I do to. my updates, I'm solo, but yeah. to be able to bounce things off each other, this is great. Um, you're, you're phenomenal what you do. Obviously, you, you take and put your clients you know, uh, interest first, and that's yes. what makes you so great, brother. So hey. we appreciate having you guys, having you on the squad. That's right. Um, that's right. Anyway, I appreciate you guys listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe. Please like, as well as if you're out there listening and you're in the garage. You don't have to be local. If you're a local business owner, entrepreneur, an agent, a coach, whatever it may be, and you want to tell your story, message me. I'd love to have you on the Super Tour Podcast. I started this podcast really not only to have some real estate updates and some tips, but to help uh, you know tell people have people tell their stories, which has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe the next podcast will be episode 60. 60. 60. I remember when it was one. I know. That was all over two years ago. Yeah. So anyway, I hope you guys out there have a wonderful day. For Matt Little, it's Michael Turbot, your local real estate expert with the Attic Turbot Group, Cole Baker, HPW, a.k.a. Super Turb. Remember, who you work with matters, and have a wonderful day. We'll see you at the next podcast. See ya. See ya. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing in the triangle, Michael Turbot with the Ida Turbot Group, Coldwell Banker HPW, will put you in position to win. With almost 15 years of real estate experience, Michael and his team will help navigate you through the real estate transaction from beginning to end, always putting your best interests first. In today's competitive real estate market, now more than ever, selecting the real estate professional to assist you with your biggest investment is vital. Please contact Michael Turbot today to find out more on what he and his team do to separate themselves from the rest and help you accomplish your real estate goals. Remember, who you work with matters, and Michael looks forward to hearing from you soon.